Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Of Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. Welcome in. Little reckless speculation Thursday to all who celebrate, which means we bring in our friend from the Five Eyewitness News sports team, the Scoop Podcast, which you can find on ScoreNorth.com and anywhere you find podcasts. Darren Doogie Wolfson. And I'll start you guys off and doogie with with this one. There is a clip going around that the Vikings put out on social media yesterday that's going viral. Uh, Kevin O'Connell and I know I, I guess I missed the book. Like Justin Jefferson won some like Nickelodeon award Correct. or something. Okay, and uh, to honor that, Kevin O'Connell agreed to get slimed with the green Nickelodeon slime at the Vikings practice yesterday. And a bunch of people immediately jump in with, would Mike Zimmer ever agree to be slimed for team building purposes? And the answer is probably no. But uh, I think it's kind of amazing here. They haven't lost a game yet because it's been one week. But the just the amount of positive vibes and team building and KOC celebration, uh, pretty impressive, Doogie, to this point. It is impressive, but at some point, adversity will hit. So at that point, we may have a different conversation. But even recently, in the last week or two, I was having a conversation with Jordan Hicks, Vikings linebacker. He has won a Super Bowl ring. Now, again, it's early, right? But, like, he sees shades of what took place with that Philadelphia Eagles team he was on that won the Super Bowl at U.S. Bank Stadium. And just from a camaraderie standpoint, a togetherness standpoint, a collaboration standpoint, he sees comparable things here with this Vikings team. So, yes, it's kumbaya. We've talked about that, right? Even going back to OTA's minicamp, that it's a very positive vibe. These guys seem to really enjoy being around each other. That's certainly, you know, I don't know how to quantify if, like, because of that, that's why they won on Sunday, Phil, like I'm still struggling with that, or do they just out scheme Green Bay? I mean, is it possible that you know some of these guys could have had some fighting during training camp, but yet the coaches had this unbelievable game plan? The guys executed it, then they blow out the pack or something we haven't seen around here in a while. We've seen wins over Green Bay, but certainly not convincing wins like that. But yeah, make no mistake, and I'm with the masses, like I don't think Zim. Maybe I should reach out to Zim now that he's Mr. Media with the 33rd team. Maybe I should reach out to Zim. I did reach out to Spielman the other day. Went back and forth, tried to get him for an interview. He politely turned me down. Oh, it didn't really turn me down. It was very passive. It was, 
you know, I've been dealing with the passing of scout Kevin McCabe, and, and I understood that. I sent my condolences. You know, then I said to Rick, hey, if it's therapeutic, I'd love to catch up with you. You can spin some stories about Kevin. Then I'm working on a story for Monday night. You know, at Channel 5, we're doing a pregame show with the Vikings-Eagles game on Channel 5 locally on ABC nationally. So I'm working on a story about how some guys are dedicating this year to the late Jeff Gladney. So I wanted to catch up with Rick to tell some Jeff Gladney stories, yet I swung and missed. I tried, but he politely turned me down, but very passively. But maybe I should reach out to Zim. You know, heck, I can say, hey, Zim, you know, I need some Jeff Gladney stories. But then also, hey, you know, by the way, Kevin got slimed the other day. Would you have have taken that slime? <laughs> by the way, I was I was a huge Double Dare fan back in the day. Like that's oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. That's my that's my wheelhouse, right? Like I'm 42 years old. You go back 25, 30 years. Mark, Dudes, were you were like, you more Double Dare? Shows. Double Dare. Were you more oh, Double Dare or were you uh, Legends of the Hidden Temple? Because that was my Legends. Yeah, not even close. Okay. Yeah, Double Dare. Okay. Yep. It's a good show. A lot of good stuff. Early nineties Nickelodeon, man. Tough to beat. All that, that man to show. That was more. That was more my jam. Yeah, stick stickly in the afternoons in the uh, mid to late nineties, spinning Doug and Rugrats. Nickelodeon was the place in the nineties. What did I If you had a sick day from school, Nickelodeon man was can't miss programming. Rocco's Modern Life, which we're also seeing, uh, you know, the twins now. So (laughs) Judd's just totally lost here. I have no idea. I have no idea. My my only experience was was when they started to show reruns in the eighties. That was my only experience. At, what, like Nick at Night. Nick, Nick at Night. Nick at Night. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. But, yeah. but that was oh, before yeah. they, they spun off, what, a separate network. And and the only show I watched in the early 90s was Clarissa, Clarissa Explains It All. Oh, yeah. Which, okay. which was a cute show. Yep. Um, <laughs> Go for hours. All right, Dukes. So here here's my, here's my uh, two cents on w- what we've seen from the Vikings so far. I think there's two things at work here. And one is this. The breath of fresh air of O'Connell. And you know what? Mike being gone. Like, that's just huge. Um, I, I think that this team seems like it's a fun team. And, you know, I don't blame sports fans. Sports fans want a team that seems like it's enjoying th- themselves, which is why I think the Twins didn't catch on. Because I don't think the, tw- the Twins don't really seem like a fun team. The Vikings do. But the second thing is, yes, O'Connell and his coaching staff did a great job of scheming and out-scheming uh, the Packers. That being said, the X factor here is you can scheme around a superstar. And and so, like, I think that there's definitely two things at work. One is it's a breath of fresh air. It's a new it's a new feeling. It's invigorated. That's great. But the other probably most important thing is you've got a superstar now. And And like this whole thing about, well, you know, the Packers didn't cover Jefferson. What were the Packers doing? If you go back and watch the the experts who broke down the tape, they are literally going through, oh, no, the Packers tried. They couldn't do it. And so I think that becomes an incredibly important factor is that you've got a guy by himself who, if Kirk makes the plays, which we know Kirk can, is going to change a game and is not necessarily coverable. Can you imagine the contract he is going to sign in the relatively near future? Like the tens of millions of dollars, he is going to sign a record-breaking contract for a wide receiver. Yes, undoubtedly a superstar. I still think, though, like now it comes down to how they schemed, right? But like when a linebacker is covering Justin, when a safety is covering Justin, 
Like we saw linebackers and safeties trying to cover Justin more than cornerbacks. Presumably, Jonathan Gannon, Philadelphia defensive coordinator, who interviewed for the Vikings head coaching job, former Vikings assistant coach, he's not going to make that same mistake on Monday night. I'm not suggesting that Darius Slay is going to contain Justin Jefferson, but I can promise you we will see cornerbacks, specifically Slay, more often than not, on Jefferson more than we saw the cornerbacks covering Jefferson last Sunday. So let's let's go down this speculative path here because I, I love the, that you brought the contract up. Um, he will be in line to be the highest paid wide receiver in the NFL, whatever that looks like by the time, you know, let, let get through the season and then see what that looks like maybe starting uh, this spring. So are the Vikings going to be willing? Let's say let's say that let's say this offense keeps cruising. Let's say Kirk has a career season. Let's say they win a playoff game and everything is kumbaya. And, you know, they go 11 and 6. They win a playoff game. Wow, this is all working. Okay. Kirk will be 34 years old going into the last year of his contract. But then JJ's got a contract coming up. Would they be willing to keep paying Kirk top money? He's got the third highest cap hit right now as they also add a Justin Jefferson massive contract to their books. What do you think? Well, I mean, what's the alternative? Are you finding anyone as good as Kirk, better? Dan Kirk, now we know how good the 2023 draft will be for quarterbacks, not just the Ohio State kid, not just the Alabama kid. I mean, there's a bunch of others, including the kid from Florida, but the list goes deeper than that. But like, yeah, I see Kirk here. I do, Phil. And you just, you find a way. Like, you don't F with a situation like that with a superstar. You need to pay him market value. The market value is going to suggest you need to make him the highest paid receiver in the game. Now, Heck, we'll wait another 6 to 12 months, and at some point, somebody else will exceed the money that Justin is about to get. But in that moment, Justin Jefferson will become the highest-paid receiver in the NFL. And I'm going to add, Dukes, I'm, I'm going to add a flight to the ointment here that I think Jefferson's camp might bring up, and it would actually be the most in- intriguing thing because the Vikings have now, uh, they basically broke the precedent for or set the precedent for doing this, and it's this part. You know, Lamar Jackson in Baltimore, the problem there isn't necessarily the financials. It's that he wants his contract guaranteed. And you know what? God bless him for that. Probably very, very smart. But we have not seen the huge guaranteed portion, and I'm saying like almost the entire thing, uh, get beyond quarterbacks yet. And I wonder, because of what the Vikings did for Kirk and pretty much continue to do, if the Jefferson camp will pursue that. Because, like, that's the game changer. That's where it gets dangerous. But Justin Jefferson, if his camp says, you know what, we want the contract guaranteed, I can't really blame him a ton. So, like, that to me is where this could cross a potential, for right now, reckless speculation threshold of, oh, that is that's going to be a decision they're going to have to make. And all the leverage is in... Justin Jefferson's side. Sure. That's very intriguing to think about. My counter to that. So Philadelphia trades for A.J. Brown. Think about all the power that A.J. Brown had. Mm-hmm. Why didn't A.J. Brown in that moment? Because it's not like Deshaun Watson's contract is the first of, of this regard, right? I mean, Kirk Cousins has the guaranteed money going back years right so I mean this was a trend that started a few years ago 
So if you were A.J. Brown or Devontae Adams in the last, what, six to 12 months, Cooper Cup, any number of top flight wide receivers, why didn't those receivers, why didn't the agents for those receivers, I know Cup has a very shrewd agent for sure. I don't recall who A.J. Brown's is, might be Drew Rosenhaus. Don't recall who Devontae Adams' agent is, but nonetheless, like, why didn't those agents in those moments ask for for a full guarantee? So I guess I guess I will be surprised. Now, at some point, you're right, Judd. At some point, a non-quarterback is going to get a fully guaranteed contract, right? So is it a left tackle? Is it a defensive end slash outside linebacker? Or is it a receiver? I don't think it'll be a running back. I don't think it'll be an interior offensive lineman. I don't think it'll be a tight end. So, yeah, I mean, it's not nuts to at least bring it up, that possibility. But I guess I would be surprised based on some of these wide receiver contracts of the last 12 months. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else do you have in your Viking scoop bag? Any uh, any update on Indomitian Sue for, for one? Well, I mean, he wants to play. I mean, I mentioned this with Judd on Tuesday, Phil. He wants to play. There is legit interest in becoming a Viking. I can promise you his agent keeps reaching out to the Vikings. Now, I'm not suggesting he reaches out like on a daily basis, but like he's reached out (laughs) since the Green Bay game on Sunday, but it isn't being reciprocated by Kwesi, by Rob Brzezinski right Mm. now. Like the Vikings have let it be known, yeah, we have interest in Ndamukong at the minimum. So like if the agent says, okay, fine, Ndamukong just wants to play. He wants to play for a winner. He feels like he can win there in Minnesota. He's got some personal ties. To Minnesota, okay, he will take a one-year minimum deal, which is not chump change, by the way, for a guy in his mid-30s. If we get to that point, okay, we could see some action. But until you know something like that happens, Endemic and Sue is, is not going to be a Viking. I'm happy for Chris Garrett, just signed to the practice squad. Kid from Milwaukee was a Rams draft pick a year ago. The Rams waived him. In late August, he played his college football at Concordia St. Paul. I featured him in a TV story back in 2019. He's got one heck of a life story. I tweeted out, shameless plug, D. Wolfson KSTP on Twitter. I tweeted out the link to the story on Wednesday. Like, he was raised by his grandma, had to live in a car for a bit. Like, he's overcome so much. He was a big-time recruit coming out of high school but didn't have the grades like the Wisconsin Badgers wanted him. Like he was a big 10 player coming out of high school, but just wasn't in good academic standing ended up at Concordia St. Paul just destroyed division two competition ends up being a seventh round pick sticks with the Rams for the duration of last year. They wave him in August. He had some recent workouts with the Ravens, the Cardinals, the bears, but the Vikings scoop him up. Kevin O'Connell obviously has some history with Chris Garrett. So I'm very happy for Chris Garrett. I did note, at least on my piece of paper here, you know, doing two seconds of work before this conversation because I forgot to mention it on Tuesday. So going back to last Saturday, some of the games, the Vikings had Scouts Act college games. Now, they end up scouting a lot of the big games. Like, no surprise, they had representation at Alabama, Texas. They had representation at Florida, Kentucky. But a couple lesser games that they had representation at, Michigan, Hawaii, Utah, Southern Utah, and to some extent, Iowa, Iowa State. Speaking of <laughs> NFL scouts, Gophers football on Saturday, Huntington Bank Stadium against Colorado. Three NFL teams will be present having scouting representation. I'll get those teams, the list of specific teams, later today. 
Hey, one, actually, one last Vikings thing here because you know I am contractually obligated uh, at least through middle October to mention J.C. Treader at least once on Mackie and Jetter <laughs> Purple Daily. Wow! So uh, Pro Football Focus came out with their pass protection grades from Week One, and uh, there were thirty-three qualified centers. So there must have been one that uh, they got hurt and split time with somebody else. So 33 qualified centers in week one. Garrett Bradbury ranked 31st out of 33 centers in pass protection, which is exactly where he's been for his entire career. He is not good in pass protection. So the way that this thing played out, J.C. Treader and his camp made it known throughout the entire offseason, I'd like to play, would like to play for a contender, ideally. Um, I had heard that his knees were, first of all, his knees were, better at the end of the season. They're not amazing, but no team ever even reached out to get a medical report or take a physical. So you can't just say, well, his knees were shot. Well, he wanted to play, and no team ever did the medical work on him. So what was the missing link? And then, bizarrely, you know, he comes out and says, you know, I, the Vikings never returned our calls. And then Kevin O'Connell was asked about it in a press conference, and he said, yeah, I mean, that's news to me if they ever called us. So maybe you guys covered this on a Tuesday scoop session, but for my sanity... Do you have any information as to the weird communication gap between Treader and the Vikings and Treader and the rest of the league? Is it as simple as he's the president of the NFLPA and owners would rather him not be in locker rooms? Well, I mean, I think there could be something to that, you know, as we recklessly speculate to some extent. Like, he himself in that SI piece, SI.com, suggested as such. I'm paraphrasing a little bit. I don't remember every detail of of that SI.com story from a couple weeks ago. But, like, yeah, that's been suggested. Now, Journalism 101, why is this person lying to me? I don't know this for sure. But, like, Kevin O'Connell wasn't aware at all. Like, they have so many different personnel meetings. I have a hard time believing that somebody in the Vikings front office didn't communicate to Kevin that, hey, Kevin, uh, you know, hey, J.C. Treader's two agents, he's got two of them, you know, they keep reaching out to us. Like, what do you think? Like, I just, I have a hard time believing that at least one conversation like that didn't take place. Unless Quasey with his time in Cleveland had such a negative well, opinion or I mean, I'm maybe. speculating there, but yeah, I just, all I know is because, you know, we've been, we've been on this, you know, talking point going back to April and May, I've told you the whole time. There just, there didn't seem to be anything imminent, right? Like, and what I was pointing to was there really wasn't anything being reciprocated. Right. And like, we're not surprised. Right. Like looking at that matchup on Sunday, I think we all foresaw, you know, that Green Bay interior defensive line being able to to have its way with the Vikings interior offensive line. You know, I think there's something to be said about Philadelphia's interior defensive line, you know, probably going to have some success against the Vikings on Monday night. Now, Philadelphia doesn't sack the quarterback, though. I mean, they were bottom two, bottom three in the NFL last year in sacks. They only had one sack of Jared Goff. Last week, so Philadelphia, for whatever reason, just doesn't actually get to the quarterback and finish and put the quarterback on the ground. But I imagine Jordan Davis and company. Now, Davis only played 22 snaps, but Fletcher Cox, some of those guys, like that's a favorable matchup for Philadelphia on Monday. But truth be told, Phil, there just there never was movement on Treader. You know, and if something happened at this point, I'd be pretty darn surprised. And I, I think as far as Bradbury goes, and probably to a certain extent Ingram at right guard too, it's pretty clear that the Vikings offensively think they can scheme around the problem. Because uh, Cousins got sacked once. He was under some pressure. But, you know, and here's the difference. 
Now, I don't love this, but the difference is this. If you can get Kirk moving around the pocket, which he did, it, it felt like effectively way more against the Packers, and the 62-yard pass to Jefferson where he ran up in the pocket and made a throw, it's not going to be as bad. Like, like that's the thing. And so, but I, I really think the Bradbury thing comes down to the fact that they think that they can scheme around the problem, and it's not going to get to be a big talker unless they're just absolutely wrong and Kirk gets sacked four times, fumbles. But he didn't do that against the Packers, and I think that's why the the Vikings are more emboldened than the previous regime about that interior uh, protection for Kirk Cousins. Well, sure. Yeah, I mean, 100%, Judd. I mean, you hit the nail on the head, right? I mean, they feel like they absolutely can scheme around any Bradbury, you know, hiccups, right? And there are obvious hiccups, specifically pass protection. They feel pretty darn confident that they can overcome those. I don't understand people saying, though, like Cousins stepping up in the pocket on Sunday, like that was anything new. Like Cousins has stepped up in the pocket previously. Like I didn't see anything overly new about Cousins. Like maybe I'm on an island on that take. He worked the pocket more effectively than he usually does. I didn't see anything necessarily overly different, like going back to the Clint Kubiak days here or any number of other offensive coordinators slash quarterback coaches he's had. Like, I don't remember anything, like, way different on Sunday. Cousins has always had relatively good pocket awareness, being able to at least step up in the pocket. You know, we always wonder about the decision-making, whether he'll pull the trigger on, you know, a 50-50 throw. But just in terms of being able to step up in the pocket, like, I think Kirk's been pretty good along those lines for a while. His presence to me in the pocket felt like it definitely took a step. It, it um, there, there, were, there were times where he has been hit, fumbled, uh, look jittery back there where I felt I felt that there was a little bit more confidence and look I mean he's been in maybe a little bit I'll grant you a little bit that's fair a little bit fine sure. but I mean he got sacked once and mm-hmm. and for what Bradbury's ultimate grade is that's not too bad I agree yeah no, to be I, sacked once I absolutely agree on that but bottom line they feel like that they can win they can win at a high level you know scheming around like I just I don't see any change at the center position anytime soon all right, Dukes, let's get some rapid-fire scoops here to, to finish it up. Can you, can you just indulge me? I am fully on the uh, P.J. Fleck boat again this year. This is the year to win the Big Ten West. They are once again huge favorites uh, over Colorado this weekend. You got the Tanner, Tanner Morgan, uh, Soraka connection. I mean, I am, uh, I'm drinking jugs of gopher Kool-Aid here. So give, give me something to scratch my itch and then whatever else you have in your bag. Well, I'm with you, Phil. Like start booking those hotel rooms for Indianapolis the first weekend of December. Like plan on being in Indianapolis. Hey, you can always cancel a hotel reservation, right? You can always change a flight reservation, but if you want, start booking plans to be in Indianapolis the first weekend of December. The Big 10 West is clearly sitting there for the taking. Now, I don't know how much we can glean when you beat lowly New Mexico State then one of the worst FCS teams in Western Illinois. Now, Colorado this Saturday, like I can make a case, Phil, Colorado is the worst Power 5 team. Now, that's not the Gophers' fault. When they scheduled this game a few years ago, they didn't know Colorado would be this crappy. But Colorado is that bad. So the Gophers should win on Saturday. They should win convincingly. Now, I get it. College football can be weird, right? Appalachian State beats Texas A&M. We can cite any number of of weird outcomes, specifically last week, not necessarily week one, but maybe even a little bit week one, but certainly week two. But the Gophers should win. 
Then it sets up a beautiful game on the 24th. Gophers at Michigan State. Thankfully, it's not an 11 a.m. kickoff. 2.30 kickoff in East Lansing. Now, I told Judd this on Tuesday, Phil, and I'll tell you right now. Like, if the Gophers lose that game to top 15 Michigan State, like, don't write any sort of final chapter on this Gophers season. You can lose. In fact, Phil, I think you can lose two games in the Big Ten and still win the Big Ten West. Like, you can... You can maybe even have three losses, depending on tiebreakers, and end up as the Big Ten West division champ. No Michigan, no Ohio State. You know, maybe this is a little bit of hyperbole, watching both those teams so far through two weeks. But, like, Phil, those two teams are legit top five teams in the country. The Gophers don't have to play either. So, sure, at Michigan State, tough game. At Penn State, a whiteout on October 22nd. Really tough game. I understand that. But being able to avoid Michigan and Ohio State, what a gift. You look at Iowa's offense, putrid. Wisconsin still has offensive issues, although I think Wisconsin still has a chance. Washington State might end up being pretty good. You lose by three. Some weird mistakes by Wisconsin in that game on Saturday, so I'm not ready to say Wisconsin is horse doo-doo. Iowa, I'm about there after watching two games of Iowa's offense. Purdue, that'll be an interesting game homecoming in a couple weeks at Huntington Bank Stadium. Purdue's got some NFL talent specifically their quarterback. So, like, Purdue may give the Gophers a nice game on October 1st, but I still think the Gophers are the best team in the Big Ten West. So I absolutely can see them in Indianapolis that first weekend in December. Awesome. Let's get it, boys. Row that boat. Row the boat, Sky Yuma. They are fast. They are smart. Like, they tackle well. There's just – there's so many – Got a 38-year-old quarterback. Yeah. Well, yeah, he's been around forever. Well, I mentioned this to Judd. Clay Geary is in his seventh year. So, yeah, Tanner Morgan in his sixth year. Seems like Tanner Morgan came here when heck, Van Wilder on the was team the coach, too. right? Or, or Goody, right? On the last Rose Bowl in team day. in 62. Yeah. But, like, Clay Geary legitimately played for Tracy Clays, right? Yeah. And he's still on the team. All gray hair. In his, Hilarious. In his seventh year. But, yeah, like, there are just so many positive attributes about, about that team. Heck, you know, through two weeks – you know, Notre Dame really wanted Al Golden to be its defensive coordinator, but they had interest in Joe Rossi. Notre Dame made a mistake not offering the job and paying Joe Rossi a ton of money. Like, the Gophers are very lucky. They gave Joe Rossi a raise. But, like, Joe Rossi, he'll be a head coach one day. I don't know when, and I don't know if it'll be at, like, the Power 5 level at any point, but, like, Joe Rossi is going to be a head coach. He is so legit, the Gophers' defensive coordinator. Yeah. Love it, Dukes. Great scoop session here. Great reckless speculation scoop session here. Well, I'll give you a little bit more reckless speculation because I know the Twins aren't exactly a popular talker right now on on this show in this space. But you know, people are people are clicking out of their browsers right now. They're clicking out. Oh no! Mini scoop on Wednesday. (laughs) Randy Dobnak placed on on waivers. I've been getting a lot of questions about that. There's a lot of minutia based on his contract. Point is, I was told this was actually a shrewd move. By the Twins pretty much ensuring that he'll be in the organization in 2023. Doogie, he's, but he's not good enough to pitch on the major league team in a pennant race. That's the that's the headline, isn't it? Well, sure. They, it's, they, the they, it's, it's, not, it's not like they have like a jammed pitching claimed. staff. I get it. Yeah, and he's on waivers right now. If some team wanted to claim him today or tomorrow, they could. Let's be realistic. Nobody is claiming Randy Dobnek. He still has discomfort, he told me, at CHS Field in the last two weeks with his finger. He may need surgery, so he may be shelved for 10, 11, 12 months at some point in the near future. But I'm just saying, if there's a chance he can pitch in 2023, 
Why not have him in your system, not on the 40-man roster, with a chance maybe to fight his way back on the 26-man roster? Yeah, and he, can buy, and, and he can buy catered lunches with his $9 million for the minor league, the poor minor league players. That's, that that's, contract it's, worked it, out it's well. a morale play, really. Is what... yeah. yeah, the contract <laughs> worked out brilliantly from, from his standpoint, right? I mean, you know, living in West Virginia, it's not like he lives this lavish lifestyle. So, you know, him getting those millions of dollars guaranteed, Worked out brilliantly for for his future. The dabber. Jeb, were you going to say something there? No, 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 I'm good. Okay, all right. I'm good on twins. I'm laying out on twins from now on. Okay. I'm done with it. You started the car there and then shut it down for a second. So, um, Louis Varland, I expect him to start a game in Cleveland. Heck, Bailey over. I wouldn't be shocked. You know, don't be surprised if he ends up starting a game in Cleveland with the five-game series starting tomorrow. Here are the teams coming to Huntington Bank Stadium to scout Gophers Buffaloes on Saturday. Jacksonville, Atlanta, Detroit. So there you go. Oh, there we go. All right, Dukes. Great stuff. Inside information about your favorite Minnesota sports teams. Doogie. Darren Doogie Wolfson, Five Eyewitness News in the Scoop Podcast. We'll see you next week, buddy. Okay, Bye, see you, boys. Darren. Bye-bye. Take it easy. All right, boys. Uh, that Scoop session was uh, presented by our friends at Federated Mutual Insurance Company, where they've been helping businesses maximize their level of success through risk management tools and resources for over a hundred years they're based in Owatonna they are one of us so to speak and you can find out why they are so great at elevating businesses at federatedinsurance.com where it's our business to protect yours real one last just real quick thing on the Dobnak front I saw a bunch of these tweets and articles and stuff yesterday well this is actually a shrewd move by the twins because this that no 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 it's not a franchise altering whiff it's actually a very team-friendly contract and they just they were wrong on it but like there's nothing shrewd about having, and, and they're still technically in a pennant race, about having to move a guy that you thought would be a staple in your rotation off of the 40-man roster, knowing that no other team will claim him because he's not good enough to pitch in the major leagues. There's nothing shrewd about that. He's not good. That's the headline. I just wanted to yeah, clarify. I can't. Okay. I just can't. It's only it's only seven million dollars. You just you you're 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 four. And again, it's so not it's you know it's not like whiffing on well, you know yeah. Ricky Nolasco back in the day where it's but, fifteen million dollars. But you know it's it's not a there's nothing shrewd about what happened yesterday. It was a whiff. All right, good scoop session. We- <laughs> Wow, the tri- the triple Ric Flair triple, right there. Did you guys see Ric Flair was, I think he was smoking weed with Mike Tyson outside mm-hmm. of some bar or something this Sounds weekend? Fun. Least surprising thing of all yeah. time. Yeah, seriously, though. It's kind of amazing, actually. Ric Flair admitted that in his last ever match, he's like 75 years old or something, and uh, I did watch a bunch of clips of it. He wore a T-shirt during the match because, you know, yeah. he's 75. But he admitted that he passed out twice during the match. I was wondering, a couple of the clips I saw, yeah. and he was like, you know, like usually when you take a punch in wrestling, you sell it, right? You sell it to the audience. And he was just like laying there motionless while opponents the, were trying to work around him. The faking the heart attack in front of his daughter and wife was easily the most peak Ric Flair thing ever to do. That actually may have been a real heart attack. But scare. yeah, it actually might have been. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> so uh, anyhow, all right. Uh, let's bring him in here for the first time during this regular season. He is the most passionate Vikings fan we know you can follow him on Twitter at Randy Vikes 69 Randy in Cottage Grove. He is a mock draft expert that has correctly predicted a small handful of Vikings draft picks 
over the last few seasons. Randy in Cottage Grove. What's going on, man? Hey, uh, good. Uh, what's going on? I want to know. We knew that would happen, but we were satisfied with the results and, and snug. Very snug about it. Yeah. Well, we're uh, usually we do the the stud stable or the dud stable earlier in the week here, and so we're uh, we're pumped to have you here. Hey, why couldn't bit we? Why couldn't I do it uh, Tuesday? You you shut me down on Tuesday. Well, yeah, that's because that's because in our uh, in our direct message, you told me that you couldn't cut it down to just three studs, and you know, did I mean, you watch the game? I I was very high on the game result. Yes, yeah. it was great. So you say you you like can't come on if I can not, not keep it to three. How are you going to keep that to, to three? I mean, well, just a reminder that uh, when we brought you on to do your preseason stud stable, you just started reading the fifty-three man roster in alphabetical order and named every one. Pretty stud. good, didn't they? Look pretty good. They, well, everything, every every guy who I by the way I kept reading it even after you cut me off because I went through the whole list and they performed. They know when the. They know when the lights are on, and when they get them, when you get in the stable, uh, it's not just a you know you're not gravy train after that. You're, then then you've got some expectations on you, and they 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 lived up to them, and uh, I we were all happy. We 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 did a new thing this year too, which was called a sack shot. So oh, you, you, it, you don't just do touchdown shots anymore. Now it's a sack shot. And a it, sack it, shot. Okay, that was something totally different. Yeah, when, me too. Uh, yeah, yeah, when I was a kid. Yeah. So you're drinking shots every time the Vikings sack the opposing quarterback. So you had you drank four shots. Aaron Rodgers sacked what, four times for the first time what, in years. What type of shots? Yag, same as Yag, or, or by a friend who likes rumpy, which is good too. It's refreshing. But I'm a Yag guy, and and uh, we uh, we we like to we this make no secret. The week is we put the work in on the week, but the the game day is when we do lose, and and when they produce a result like that, it's uh, it. It's pretty hard not to get lubed up pretty quick. No, I think uh, I think it'd be great that we should join Randy for one of these. Do you recall the the game? Like how how much before you you blacked out? Third quarter, I, I, Jeff. I don't. I, I I'm what they call a seasoned uh, uh, drinker, and we we uh, we know you you know how to ride a good buzz. If you can you can ride a good buzz for hours, and you can come in for a landing and then do it again. Yeah, Jeff. Come in for a landing, like a nap? What a Jaeger buzz. I've never had that before. I've only thrown up and passed out. <laughs> yeah, Jaeger, you haven't had them. The Jaeger you've been having is not cold enough because it, you need, it has to come from either a, a freezer or a Jaegerator. Uh, well, I, I have a friend who puts his Jaegerator in the freezer for sort of extra cold. But uh, it, it, Jaeger's, if you, you already got the chill boys, uh, giving me money, thank you. I haven't seen that yet, but if you want to oh. get Yag going too, we could get Yag as a as a sponsor. Go ahead. We should make a phone call on Yag. Let's do it. Listen, we've got some good momentum yeah, yeah. going at Score North here. Purple Daily, Mackie and Judd. I think uh, maybe we can we can find Randy an official sponsor. Put some put some scratch in your pocket. Listen, I don't want to. I didn't want to like offend you. The reason why we, we just we don't have all day here on this podcast. We got to keep things moving. So maybe what we could do to compromise is you give us. Every week, your three, you know, maybe sometimes four, if you have a bonus stud or a bonus dud. And then if you have a bunch of other ones. There's not going to be many duds this year. Yeah, I think based on yeah, the first fell. week, you're you're probably right. correct. But I think maybe then we can just use your Twitter account. If you've got, like, 20 other guys you want to mention, then, uh, you know, you could just list them on Twitter, and then we can we can retweet you or something. How about that? Is that a good compromise? 
So you just want like a, a stud, a super stud, and then a like a the super duper stud of yep. the week. Yep. That, and and then maybe once in a while, if you have a, a bonus, someone that you you just can't forget to mention, maybe you can stretch it to four. But I think I think that's the compromise here. Okay. Let's go. Okay. Let's All right. Here that. it is. We fire up the music. This is Randy and Cottage Groves Week One Stud Stable for the Minnesota Vikings. This is a Week One victory, decisive uh, victory. Uh, uh, no doubt, a uh, no doubter, as they say, against uh, the the sort of a half-rate squad from down 94 East. This is, uh, starts out, this stable will start with, a, I guess, just three guys. So here, here's a stud, and this guy needs no introduction to uh, Packer fans, but he's going to fit in real well over here. He had us all pretty snug. He was wreaking a little bit of havoc, uh, and he's got that motor. He's got what they, what they, what you want is that high-energy guy. He's yeah. going to bring, bring that. Every single week. And I'm talking about Zalarius Smith. Zalarius, you were out and you were moving and you were grooving. And, and, and the way that you crawl and do that crawl kind of takes me back to old number 69 with the calf rope. Okay, we were we love it. And then we started doing it in the bar. So, Zalarius, this week, you're a stud. Wow. You were, cre- you were crawling on the tiles <laughs> in the bar? <laughs> that might be dirty. Crawling and w- one guy was woofing, like woofing like a dog. <laughs> you guys, wow. this is we, oh, this, this team wills its uh, the team team marches on the back of its fans. I hope you know that. All right, Zalarius Zalari- Smith. Right. Great game great, for Zalarius. Great addition, number two stud. We're gonna switch it over to the offense. How, how are you not gonna gonna mention a guy like this who who just continues to put the league on notice? He he, he he's the. Aaron Rodgers told him after the game, "You're the best, best out there." I think he meant in the world, and he is. This is number eighteen. He's 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 freaky. He's fast, and he's he he got us all rocking and rolling, and and got a couple of touchdown shots. Should have been a third one if you ask me. But this week you are, a, uh, you are a super stud, Justin Jefferson. Yeah, dude. Hard to argue. I mean, the only argument here would be how is he not the super duper stud? stud? I'm curious yeah. to. To know where, where you know who on that field made more of an impact than. By the way, did you guys see that Saquon Barkley was yeah. named NFC Offensive Player of the Week? That's bogus. He had a great game, but yeah. And they mentioned in the write up on NFL's little graphic that it was you know, he had a, the two point conversion to win the game. It's like, well, you know, oh. the Vikings won the game with a barrage of offense. They're sleeping on the Vikings. In the first forty five minutes. Okay, they're sleeping on the Vikings. Let yeah. them do it. Keep sleeping. That's right. And finally. The, uh, the this is the top spot in this stable. Once again, could have been a lot a lot more guys, but uh, this is a guy who is uh, uh, after the game. A lot of a lot of people were, were were heaping a whole lot of praise on the players, and they deserve it. But this is a guy who I'm going to give him his first uh, appearance in in this uh, this stable, and I don't think it'll be the last. I'd like to welcome him to Minnesota. I like I like to welcome him to a one and O. Thank you for the the big W. And he's going to go two and zero on uh, Monday night, but we will be uh, at the bar for that, by the way. And uh, he's 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 going to be a guy who's going to be here a long time, and and a lot of ladies like him too. And and why not? And and the way he runs up that offense and gets everybody zigging and zagging and all the levels, there's going to be a lot more fun to come. All right, so Kevin O'Connell, you are a super duper stud. Yes, let's get it, Randy. Uh, 
It just dropped. Randy. Randy, Randy dropped. He's, Where did he go? He's, I think he's go? upset that you have <laughs> that God. you have put your thumb, Phil, yeah. on him. Well, I don't think he was upset. I think he's gotten him. He's been. He used to call into our old radio show, and he would he would right. get upset and hang up on us. Yeah, but I think it's now just become his thing. It's like the mic drop. Or he no, just... I think he wants to do like eighteen guys though now. Yeah, like he does. He... I I feel like I don't think he left in anger there though. I just feel like he. I would like a little byplay there. You know, just to, you know, be able to throw a question at him and. Right. But I guess if the mic drop is going to be his thing, then well. I was really thinking that that at some point in time for one of those three, there would at least be a Greg Joseph mention. Well, there probably would have been. I mean, Randy we only, being we only Randy, gave him three spots. You know, fifty six yards. Who, or who are you? Who are you bumping out of the this the stud super stud super duper stud for Greg that's not, Joseph? That's not for me to say. Are that's you bumping? You're bumping Zalarius out. Should we tell him? <laughs> no. Zalarius. At some point in time, should we explain to him? <laughs> Randy is he's a hilarious guy. That that Randy. Uh and I and I the Saquon Barkley thing, it's just like, okay. Justin Giants. Jefferson just went for one eighty four two touchdowns and it was against one of the best secondaries in the NFL, but because the Giants New York pulled an upset over the Titans players, and the Giants. Players of the week might be the most stupid thing in sports. Like who, why? Like why can't we? Why can't we award? Play, get it right. Get, get it right. FedEx, the players of the <laughs> week. These are your players of the week. Does anyone take their That's player of the week? Me. Do they get like a plaque or something? Like does does yeah, Saquon Barkley get some sort of? Metal, what does he get for that? Like Je- Jefferson got that like Nickelodeon thing, but that's cooler. Keep th- I like that. I like, yeah, that, I like more. that more. Yeah. I, what, what was that award? It was the Nickelodeon like because Nickelodeon, you know, is with CBS now and Viacom, mm-hmm. so like they're part of the NFL. So it was like the Nickelodeon Player of the Week, essentially. Like, okay. The, like it was their version of the. And of, they send the, the slime, which is awesome. Yeah, I like the slime. Do kids like vote it. on that award, or is it yes, corporate executives I so. from? I, I, okay. I think it's I think it's, it's a kids vote. Yes, it's guys named yeah. Mel. It's actually it's grown up Doug Funny and Patty yeah. Mayonnaise now actually yeah. that that vote on that. <laughs> it's the it's the the Rugrats are adults now and they love football. Tommy Pickles just right. is a big Justin. Jefferson I'd like to fan. weigh in here Chucky for Chucky Finster, Sa- dude. Chucky yeah, Finster. Chucky Finster, more of a Saquon guy. I'd like Phil to yeah. Phil, yeah. Phil and Lil Phil love. And Lil. Uh, yeah. Big big fans of uh, you know the who are the the twin the twins who played the Giants guy Tiki and Rondé Barber. That's film. Yeah. Those players, I'd like to yeah. make the case for Saquon Barkley, please. <laughs> well, he does have big thighs and uh, has been irrelevant for a couple of years, so maybe it was the shock of Saquon Barkley doing something and not getting hurt. Um, should we get into some old tweets exposed yeah. here on yeah. Mackie and Judd on the, every every single Thursday? Declan goes into the archives and finds incriminating tweets and this week's edition of old tweets exposed is presented by our friends at spiral light candles judd that's right and and look the this is a great candle for a gift so you got a you know mom's birthday or girlfriend or wife but if you are a vikings fan i'm going to tell you right now available now for for your uh game day pleasure it is judd's purple positivity candle from our friends at Spiralite. And this beauty, this beauty can cause, first of all, it's got a great aroma. So it can, it will cause you to be very relaxed. Watch the game in a relaxed, uh, meditative state where you won't get too upset. But if good things happen, it's good luck as well. You can get it at SpiralLightCandles.com. SpiralLightCandles.com, whether uh, a gift for someone else or yourself, go to SpiralLightCandles.com and check out all of their offerings. 
Love it. Yes. Watch the game in meditative peace. Me- and if the Vikings state. offense, if if, mm. if the offense keeps playing like that, you uh, the mm. candle will will be helpful. But you may you may not even need it. But uh, there's plenty of other reasons to get spiral light candles as well. All right. Old tweets exposed here. As I close my eyes halfway. So old tweets exposed, Nathaniel Hackett edition. Um, oh, I wanted God. to actually, we did a full purple daily episode on the idea of Nathaniel Hackett. And, oh, and we're uh, just going to rerun that right now. Actually. Well, that's what I would wanted to do uh, <laughs> behind the scenes curtain for the audience. Uh, the executive producer now leads the COVID tally on Mackie and Judd, his second positive test uh, since Congrats. the pandemic. So I wasn't able to cut up the highlights I'd wanted to from that, but we still have tweets. We still have actual tweets from this. So I'm actually going to start with my tweet because it then starts a string of tweets from both of you. So I'll start with my Nathaniel Hackett tweet. This was sometime in March. I'll scroll down to the date here in a minute. But I said, Hackett seems like such an honest and relatable dude. No crusty or I'm smarter than you attitude, but just a genuine guy. And judging how he handled... The last 60 seconds of the week one with the Broncos and the Seahawks. Yeah, I think Nathaniel Hackett actually is a pretty genuine, normal guy because he had no idea what to do <laughs> in the last 60 seconds. Yeah, I don't think this is incriminating. I think this is, I think that th- these things are correct about him. He does seem like a good, relatable guy. He apologized on Tuesday, you know, so he, he sort of humbled himself in front of the media and the fans. So, yeah, those are, those are the positive qualities about Nathaniel Hackett that I'm sure teams picked up on in the interview process Mm. so then uh phil Mackey took that tweet that i wrote and then quote tweeted it and said watch this nathaniel hackett press conference then ask who would kirk cousins or any quarterback benefit from working with more mike zimmer or nathaniel hackett again i i do stand by this i think if that's the question in a vacuum the answer is nathaniel hackett maybe as a coordinator or a quarterback's coach Maybe not as a head coach, but if the choices are Mike Zimmer, Nathaniel. Now, if you would have put Kevin O'Connell up there, too, then this would have been highly incriminating. Uh, And then Judd Zolgad replies to the tweet and says, Hackett looks like the ideal guy to develop a quarterback and mold him. And Mm -hmm. Phil says he got the best of Blake Bortles. All all these things are true. Yep. Nobody said he could manage a game. Nobody made that claim. And that's also one of the things that you don't know. That's that's one of the things like you can you can put a coach through some questioning and some testing and stuff. But correct. There's something about the bullets flying. And and this classic example before we get to whatever Judd's incriminating tweet is. It's this one. Hackett looks like the the quarterback and mold him. So I don't know. I think I feel like I don't know that any of us are in the wrong with these comments about Hackett. It's all the other stuff that you that you wouldn't know until you put a guy out there. And classic example, how long have we been talking about this on our various shows throughout the last eight or nine years? These coaches spend tens of thousands of hours in their careers breaking down film, studying schemes, working on practice plans, all the football things, the in-the-trenches things, right? Play calling and whatever else. Do they spend anywhere near that amount of time figuring out when to call a timeout, what probabilities look like inside a minute, inside two minutes? I mean, at the end of the day, Nathaniel Hackett obviously had spent zero time thinking about game theory and strategy inside of two minutes because it's one of the dumbest decisions, no hyperbole, you'll ever see a head coach make. Yeah, with Russ, too, which is Mm -hmm. incredible. So here's 
my question, I don't know the answers from the Broncos' perspective. We do know it from Kevin O'Connell's perspective, though, is how do you get a head coaching job in 2022 and not bring along a game manager guy or gal? Like, that's the incredible thing to me. It's not, it's not the fact that you screw up because, like, there is a lot to do and digest, and I get that. But if you don't have a person saying, here's what you need to do right now, and you're like, oh, I, you know, I can do this. Right now, in this era of football, you're an idiot. Like, I think Kevin O'Connell's probably a very smart guy. And he immediately said, I'm not going to take all that, that on. I'm not going to try and, like, digest everything as it's happening in real time. I'm going to have a guy who's going to be in my ear about what we need to, to do. So if Nathaniel Hackett was like, you know what, George Payton, I got this. Game, game management. It's on me. You're really dumb. Like that would be that would be a red flag right there. And perhaps the Broncos have a guy or gal who's just not good at it. I don't know, but it is weird. The other question that I got, and I sort of like it too, because it, it goes back to the uh, to the terrible Bevel Super Bowl call that cost Seattle the game against the Patriots. If you're Russ, how do you stand there and allow? Hackett to screw the pooch that badly at at Russ's yeah. age and with yeah. Russ's experience. How do you not say Nathaniel? Look at me. Look at me, dude. We're gonna do this. Yep. It, it feels a lot like we sat here and hammered Kirk Cousins for the same thing a year yes. ago, right? Like, well, I don't call timeouts. Mike Zimmer calls timeouts. Bro, you're a 35 year old, 10 year NFL veteran. You are the highest paid player on this team. One of the highest paid players in the league. This yep. is your time to own the situation. And if you need to hash it out with your head coach behind the scenes, you, you like, however it needs to happen, you need control over timeouts in those situations. And Peyton Manning, you know, the, the ESPN put out the clip that he he literally called timeout sixty two times on TV <laughs> as that clock was winding down. They counted the he's like touching mm-hmm. the T, you know, the, making the T sign with. His I don't hand, know we. I don't know wincing. we. Yeah. And and that's, you know, go back and watch like Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers. They're not looking, staring at the sideline paralyzed. They're running the two-minute drill. And and they are oftentimes they are waving off. Hey, how many times did Peyton Manning wave off a field goal unit? No, we are going for it right now. And I'm not right. saying that you have to have that kind of control. But, yeah, I wondered the same thing about Russ. It's like, guy, you're you're like a borderline Hall of Famer. And you've won a Super Bowl, and you forced your way out of Seattle to have more control over things in Denver. Now, I didn't see all of Russ's quotes the day after or the or after the game, but he did say, "Yeah, we had a play dialed up, and we were like, I was calling the play." And so my guess is Hackett got into his headset and said, "Hey, hey, don't run it, don't run it. Let the let we're going to run the clock all the way down, then call a timeout." And so if you maybe Russell was so caught off guard. And just wasn't like, so he, the coach is telling him something in his ear and he's thinking, oh, Maybe. okay, I guess it might not. But I mean, it was just such a, think about what, what was decided there. We are going to attempt a field goal that only twice in history has been made right. ever. Well, over a fourth and five with the guy that we just paid a quarter of a billion dollars to like two weeks ago. And the thing about it is if you're Russ, I think you got to stop the clock. So, so like it's not that it's not that like you you wait for the clock to run down and then debate it. I think when you see what Hackett is doing there, you call a timeout and go say, "What are you doing?" But here's the thing. But this is and this is what is going to sound crazy. 
if their decision was to kick a field goal, it was the right move to bleed the clock down because if you make it, Correct. you don't want that's them to saying. have is time you, left. Is you stop. So, is it, that's my point, though. If you're Russ, you stop Hackett from doing the right thing because the origin of the decision yeah. is wrong. And then what is that? So you let's say you call timeout rightfully so with 45 seconds left. And then you go to the sideline, and he's like, dude, what are you doing? I wanted to run the clock down. Then we're you can stare at him and say, well, why don't you explain that to me in 30 seconds right now? What were you going to try and do, Exactly. Guy? And we're going to run a serious? play. Yes. I, I'm Russell Bleepin' Wilson. <laughs> I'm the guy that cooks in this stadium. So. Yeah. It, was, it would be really, really hard to get on that team plane and to be in those team meetings oh, now God. knowing how incompetent your coach is in that moment of crisis. And yeah, it's the first game, and there's probably ways for him to get better, but he absolutely wilted and panicked in that moment. And uh, it, would, it would be hard to look at him with the same <laughs> respect level that you had 24 hours before. Agreed so, completely. Anyhow, old tweets exposed, launching a great little, great little tirade there. And not too bad. No, like, I don't think, I think we're, I think not all really three of us are kind of clear there. I think we're good. All of those things are, are true about Nathaniel Hackett. The things that we that we didn't know were, oh, he freaks out when <laughs> there's 50 seconds on the clock. So hopefully Kevin O'Connell and his designated game management coach. Oh, one other thing, too, we make fun of the Twins for deciding things at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, you know, before a night game and giving their manager no say and feel. Mm-hmm. Some of those decisions that you make in the last two minutes of a football game should be decided in a meeting room like four days beforehand or before the season. You know, you should know before the game, Okay, and this is, I guess, you know, I've never coached a football game in my life, but I'm the head coach, so I'm going to be immersed in a lot of things, and I'm calling offensive plays. So game management guy, here's what you need to help me with. First of all, know what the range of my field goal kicker is. If you, and, and that's the other thing. Hackett said he was making kicks from as far back as 64. So once we reached 64 yards, we knew we were in his range. What? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, before the game, Steph Curry was heaving shots from half court. And so, uh, you know, he made one of them. And so that's so that's the shot that we opted to take with the game on the line instead of getting a little bit closer for, I don't know, a more manageable three. But I want my I want my game management coach to know before the game, before the season. OK, here are the odds of making a field goal from this distance. Here are the odds of going for it and getting it on fourth and five. You know, here's how many timeouts we have in every situation. And then you need to be in my ear telling me what you would do. Would any self-respecting game management coach walk up to Nathaniel Hackett and say, dude, bleed the clock to 20, and then let's kick a 64-yard field yeah. goal? <laughs> yeah, let's try and tie the second longest field goal in the history of this entire league in Seattle. If it was in Denver, maybe, but even in Denver. But it's Russell dude. Wilson, though. Yeah, I know. So, I know. so like, if, if it's Drew Locke, I might get it, right? Because yeah. you're like, Drew Locke, fourth and five. It's Russell. You went out and got him basically for this. Like that yes. moment was his moment. And you're, I don't know about this. Hey, Brandon McManus, can you make a 64? It, it makes no sense. Yeah. And of course, the irony, too, of Russell Wilson in part wanted to get away from antiquated old school Pete Carroll and get with a more offensive minded innovator. And at the end of the day, the offensive minded innovator couldn't get out of his own way. Pete Carroll, not maybe not the greatest clock manager guy, but because, uh, you know, he greenlit a passing play on the one-yard line of yeah. a Super Bowl. Which, but, uh, even which Russ also could have objected to. That's the interesting thing. Yeah. He was so much younger then, though. It was like his second or third year in the league, wasn't it? So hard when you're like 23 years old versus 33 years old. So, anyways, 
Mackie and Judd, A Reckless Speculation Thursday, our friend Randy in Cottage Grove, and don't forget Purple Daily, Daily Vikings Entertainment over on the Purple Daily YouTube channel and Vikings Vent Line right after Vikings Eagles on Monday night on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. See you guys tomorrow. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. It's crazy to think that a few weeks ago we were talking about whether or not Tua Tagovailoa should consider retiring after two concussions and worldwide debates on player safety and NFL culpability. Tua has done nothing but go back to work and currently has the Dolphins riding a three-game win streak and one loss behind the division favorite Buffalo Bills. While everyone was yapping about the end of his career, Tua Tagovailoa said he'll decide when it's time. And clearly, he's not ready to hang up the cleats. Hi, this is Chris Howard from the Plugged In with Chris Howard podcast. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting up to the minute scores for every sp- the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including the MLB playoffs, the start of the NHL season, MMA, boxing, and golf. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.